right, we're ready. Thanks for listening to Worship Local. This is Frontier Church's podcast where we invite you into the story of the city's most joyful church in Des Moines, Iowa. And in today's podcast, Carlos and I focus on 2023 being the year of deep discipleship for Frontier Church. So we're going to talk about the origins of the discipleship deck, an honest assessment of our fighter groups, and how Carlos and I both became passionate about the spiritual practices. Before we get into it, dude, yeah. national championship tonight, national Georgia championship. TCU. Talk Go to Frogs. Me. Go Frogs. Talk to me. Keep talking. Horn when Frogs. Dude, I just, I don't know, man. I think that the college football world has been waiting for a Cinderella story. We've had Rudy. Yep. Right? Yep. We had uh, Notre Dame back in the day when they played Alabama. They got crushed, but we had them. Yep. And it's been like Alabama, you know? Georgia, I think somebody, I think I think TCU's ready to uh, to take that take that mantle. So I'm uh, I'm going for Horn Frogs, um, even though I'm from the South. I guess Texas is in the South too. So yeah, yeah Horn yeah. Frogs. That's Who you right. got? Um, well, so like, uh, and I was watching an ESPN analysis kind of said the same thing this morning. Yeah, you know the the person asked him like uh, the person asked him what would it mean if TCU won the national championship tonight? And, and the guy literally said it would be the greatest story in college football history. Dude, it would be. Like, Dude. Uh, it's just like they were, they were not even picked to win their, their, their uh, conference. Oh, sixth. They were, they were preseason sixth in the Big 12. Yeah, Big 12. In the Big 12, I'm dumpster. sorry, Big 12 fans. Like, it's a dump over it there. It is. It is. Iowa State, you know, there's not. Is Iowa State Big 12? Yeah, they are. Yeah. yeah. So explains a lot. It does. Um, I'm not a Iowa football fan in general, so I can talk <laughs> smack about anybody here. But um yeah, and I'm an SEC guy and I'm rooting against the SEC not to win. That's yeah, how good of yeah. a story it is. So I would love if TCU won. I mean, Dude, you know be, how I feel about TCU. Yeah. We I got know, into an I argument. Know. Two weeks ago we got into a big <laughs> argument over TCU and Michigan. I said some things I probably regret. I, think I said I, some I had to things repent. I regret it, and I, I repent. repent. Yeah, I had to repent over that. Same. We just got. It was bad. It was like in front of like, our elders is... at a pastoral <laughs> team, and I was like, "How could you possibly think that?" And it turned out I was wrong, and you were right. Yeah, you know. Hey, um, the you know the light always overcomes the darkness. So. <laughs> <laughs> just joking. No, it was. Yeah, yeah. I was just like, man, like I haven't seen a team, and I, I can't remember who they were playing. Um, but I was like, man, this team is like solid on offense, defense, and special teams. This is dangerous. Mm, mm-hmm. And so I just knew that Michigan was kind of a one-trick pony in the sense of like they had a really good running game, uh, really good passing game, but their defense was like, you know, yeah, yeah, iffy in, in my opinion. And so um, I was like, man, if TCU can score some points, like it'd be a uh, It'd be a good game. So. Yeah, Michigan made the right amount of mistakes too. Yeah, you know, like you can't play. You just you simply can't play sloppy football at that level and still expect to win. So yeah. it's just no. As a Big Ten guy, like no excuses. Like TCU just won. Yeah, they just won. They, they were the more disciplined team. So they're the better team that day. So I'd love TCU to win tonight. I personally don't see them within twenty-one points of Georgia. But then again, I was wrong last time. Dude, so Ohio State played Georgia really well. Yeah, they did. So I was like, they had oh, I wasn't expecting that. So we'll see. I think it'll be a good game either way. Um, yeah. So who who you have today? You got Georgia? Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, you know, my, my, 
my heart says yes, but my mind says no with TCU. <laughs> my mind's telling <laughs> to me quote no. Christina Aguilera yeah. or whatever. Um, uh, but we'll we'll see. I I just on you know at the end of the day, I'd, I'd like a good game. Yeah, same same. So yeah, I think I got. Um, I'm going. I'm going TCU, man. I, everything in me tells me not to go TCU, and yeah. so I feel like I just need to go TCU. Love it. So love it. I hope you're right. Let's talk discipleship. Let's do it. I mean, that's what we've been talking. For I mean, we yeah. yeah, you know, we were just discipling you guys in the way of football. So so we uh, we just dropped the discipleship deck. Yeah. A couple, you know, a week and a half ago, you know, January first. Um, discipleship deck. Um, I'd love to talk a little bit about the origin story of that. I shared that during announcements that week, but mm-hmm. for people who were gone, maybe it'd be helpful for me to kind of to, to tell that story again. Before I talk about my origins of it, can you talk a little bit more yeah. about what you shared with the church yesterday yeah. about how you and Caitlin are using it like uh-huh. at home? Yeah, yeah. So Caitlin's my wife, uh, for those who don't know. And um, yeah, this, I mean, winter's just hard. We're both from the South, and so like, it's just, I think winter, what it does is it reminds us of like, man, we, like, this is unfamiliar territory for us. Mm. And so, um, <clears throat> you gave the discipleship, you, you tossed me a, I think a sample of it. And, um, as I was going through my goals this year, I was just like, man, I want to get through this whole deck with my wife. And so we, 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 we popped it open and, um, I mean, the question was like, read Matthew 28. Yep. Uh, and then, like, define what is healthy and biblical discipleship. Right, yeah. And, uh, you know, honestly, I was like, man, this is going to be, like, you know, 10, 15 minutes. We know about discipleship. We've studied this verse. I've taught on that verse before. Um, and <laughs> it was just, like, 45 minutes, an hour later, tears <laughs> in our eyes. Yeah. It just, yeah. like, shifted the... Temperature is what you yeah, said. Yeah, the temperature. Uh, I was going to use a more charismatic um, word. It, temp- it, it it shifted the atmosphere hey. in our home. Um, and I don't know why. I, I think it was just like, obviously, this is what like, the scripture does when... You know, two or more gathered together, um, like the whole like Holy Spirit is present, even if it's just us or just me. But I think that like specifically, like when believers crack open the Bible and they begin to like walk through it and dissect it, and um, they begin to get encouraged and they begin to get convicted, like it, it's just like I, I feel like the presence of God just like descended through our roof on Holcomb Avenue mm. and just mm-hmm. like pierced open our, our, Love um, our roof and just like, was like, Hey, I'm going to live here. Yeah. And, um, it's, it's really shifted the atmosphere, man. I think that like, that was two weeks ago. And so, um, did you guys do this week's yet? Cause I'm no, like, no, my we haven't all around it right now. No, so. we haven't. Um, we haven't. I've been thinking of it's so it sits above our our kitchen um, sink, so we see it every like when we if we get wash the dishes or we're washing our hands in the kitchen, it's like right, the deck is the right deck there. Is right so there. we've been yeah. seeing it yeah all week, and so it's been on my mind. But um, yeah, it just shifted the atmosphere, man, and I, I felt like the Lord was like really patient and really near, and um, and just really like convicting in the ways of like. You know, a lot of times I think it's like, oh, I know what discipleship is. I'm a pastor. I'm a staff pastor. Like, I know all this stuff. And it was just one of those things where, like, I was reminded that this thing that we're in is so much deeper than I could ever imagine. Like, yeah, this Christianity is. So, yeah, that was my experience, man. And, I, and I, dude, it, it's, it's, it makes sense why you had 
the revelation you did whenever you and your family were having those conversations? Yeah, that's a perfect like opportunity to kind of yeah. jump into the origins of the disciple jet yeah. deck and like how it came to be. So yes, yes, tell me, yeah. So like, how did you come up with this? Well, yeah. So I've I've had a question in the back of my mind for the last couple of years, which is how do we improve um, fighter groups? Hmm. We can get around to this a little bit later in our conversation, and I'd like to, but. Yeah. You might feel differently than me on this, but my assessment is that when we look at the philosophy of ministry at Frontier Church for the last six years, it's not even close. In my opinion, fighter groups are the weakest of the three things that we do. Sunday gathering, community group, fighter groups. And so that question had just been sitting in in my head for a couple years because it's a really difficult um, it's a difficult thing to nail down because if you drop too much curriculum into fighter groups, mm-hmm. then all of a sudden there's no breathing room. And, yeah. you know, um, but if you have no curriculum, then the excellence of the, uh, fighter group depends entirely upon, you know, the individuals in mm-hmm. that group. And if people are great, biblically fluent disciples, then they go great. But if people are just kind of learning how to be disciples of Jesus, they yeah. flop. That's good. So I had that question sitting in a while in, in my mind for the last couple of years of how, What's the right balance? How do we improve those things? And I, I did have a revelation last year during state wrestling. Okay, go ahead. So um, I had a couple of these, you you know, like I've got these these playing card decks in my house. Yeah. You know? Like I've got one for like work and motivation and creativity. You know, when I hit a wall, I'll pull one of those out and it'll have a question that, mm-hmm. you know, challenges me. Or we had this, we have this other deck that just, it's not a Christian deck. It's just a deck of heart questions. And, um, and that's the one that caused the ice to break for me. Yeah. It was state wrestling last year. And because of state wrestling, that's like a, that's like a holiday for the Dikey family. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so, you know, the Dikeys are, you know, my parents are staying with Chloe and I at the same time that um, Chloe's parents are staying with um, Chloe and I. Cause I, I don't know if you know this, but Chloe's dad was also a wrestler. Dude I did was not know that. Great wrestler, too. Okay. I didn't know that. Plays third in state, dude. Whoa. And dang. so, like, yeah, on both sides. So they come for state wrestling, too. And Sweet. so. They're staying the night, you know, both both my parents, close parents are staying the night. And um, I think it was like 9 or 10 p.m. We're all just kind of chilling, hanging out. And my dad picks up that deck of cards. Okay. And he just starts asking us the questions. We're all in the kitchen together. Was it like a, a lull in the conversation or something that he was trying to fill the fill the void? Yeah, it's just kind of his style. Okay. You know? Okay. And so he just picks it up and he, you know, points one at me. Mm-hmm. And um, all of a sudden, it's like a half an hour later and we're still doing it. What was the question? I can't remember. Okay. I can't remember the exact question. I was curious. But a half an hour goes on and all of a sudden it's Ross and Beth, Chloe's mm-hmm. parents, Chloe, me, my parents, all huddled together in this kitchen. And we're mm-hmm. going through these cards. And I kid you not, dude. This is this is amazing, right? I'm I'm in my 30s now, and I'm because of the questions on these cards. I'm hearing stories from my parents' lives that I've never heard before. Wow, right? It's 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 now 11 p.m. and I'm like, I've never even heard that story. That's like a pillar story for your life, Dad. Wow. And I've never heard it uh, apart from these cards. Huh. And uh, we keep going, and there's um, I think. The question was, what are your hopes and dreams for your children? Ooh. And my dad starts answering the question, and Chloe's parents just start tearing up, right? And 
they start answering the question. My parents start tearing up and I just look at my parents, Chloe's parents, Chloe and me in the kitchen at 11 PM Mm -hmm. in tears, learning new things, deep things about each other that we've never known, even though we've been in the same family forever. And I just had this light bulb moment that crystallized everything for me. And the light bulb moment was, this is better than discipleship. Yeah. Well, not better than, but this is, this is deeper than a lot of my discipleship relationships. Hmm. And so I just ran with that, man. And I pitched it to the elders. I was like, hey, this would be the perfect balance of dropping enough curriculum that's flexible without too much curriculum. Um, here was my, right? And, and you guys were super kind about it. And you're like, yeah, man, run with it. Yeah. So No, that's dope, man. I, yeah, when you first pitched this idea, I was like, this is such a brilliant, and it's not easy. If you look at the cards, you can tell that there was a lot of thought, intentionality, and work, blood, sweat, and tears that went into it. But it was like, (laughs) when you pitched it, I was like, this is such an easy and simple idea. I'm like almost embarrassed. I didn't think, like, we haven't, nobody's come up with this (laughs) that I know of. In the Christians, in in the sense of like spiritual formation. Right. You know what I'm saying? So um, I, I think, dude, when you told me that story, I was just like, it's amazing to think about that because it's like, Y'all all know each other, right? You know Chloe's yep. parents. She knows your parents. You guys have spent vacations, da da da. But that was probably, I mean, it's probably like the deepest conversation y'all have had up until that point. Maybe. It was exactly the deepest conversation yeah. we've ever had. Yeah. And like, I love our vacations that we take. They're great, but like, yeah. they just didn't compare to that night in the kitchen wow. together, late at nine, eleven p.m. I Man. was, I was just loving it. We should, we should. We should get your parents on the pod and see like what was their experience of that. Yeah, and you know maybe they don't even like really remember them. They but you probably but you but you did. I did. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure they did. It would be it would be fun. Yeah. Um, we're just all crying. I was just like, <laughs> this is amazing. Oh man, and this I, is amazing. I do think like you know getting back to your question of like wanting to like honestly assess, unless you have more on that. Yeah, it was just a little bit more. Um, okay, I think the elders were kind. A, to green light it, you know, mm-hmm. but B, to give me permission to spend. So I spent probably a year on them. Yeah. I mean, not like a lot of time every week, but like, because it's a big, it's a big time investment and a, a big financial investment. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, man, what if I sink all this time into, into these cards, designing them, making sure that it, it presents a full orbed view of spiritual discipleship, making sure that everyone goes with a, a scripture and each one has a challenge and, and then I drop them and nobody likes them. So it yeah. felt like a big risk to me to do it. Yeah. Um, but you, you guys were just like super kind to, I feel like you guys had my back on that. Yeah. Um, and you know, I just, I just rummaged through all the books on discipleship that, that I could, mm-hmm. um, and just like looked at, uh, looked at the, the questions at the end of the chapter and the way that they either did or didn't press um, spiritual truths and biblical truths in, into our hearts. And, hmm. um, I, you know, I got out my own decks of, uh, of, uh, of good questions on, on cards that weren't Christian, yeah. and I laid out the ones that I thought were profound and then thought, man, what would a disciple of Jesus, how would they ask this question differently? Yeah. And so it was just like, uh, it was a fun year to just kind of be working on those, working on those, working on those, working on those, and then dropping them um, the first of the year. Hey, Ben! What's up, dude? Good to see you, bro. We're we're podcasting right now. Nice. Oh, 
<laughs> but yeah, man, thanks for your uh, thanks for your encouragement, bro. Oh yeah, for sure. What glad it went well. So, what books did you? Uh, what What are some of the resources that you went through to to get those questions? You mentioned just now that you had some books. Maybe you don't have them off the top of your head, but yeah, I, I've got them on a list somewhere. I can find it okay. real quick here. So, um, I mean, just the the best ones I could find on discipleship. the The easy one would be uh, John Mark Comer's "The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry." Mm-hmm. That's sitting on our desk right now. We yeah. are talking about it. He does a great job of explaining discipleship and kind of, um, you know, giving a clear picture of what the spiritual disciplines are. Yeah. So that was a key uh, resource. But other than that. Almost there with yeah. my resources. Um, um, okay, yeah, here it is. Okay. Uh, Spiritual Disciplines for the Christian Life by Donald Whitney. Okay. You Are What You Love by James K.A. Smith. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. That's a good one. Dude, The, the Common Rule by Justin Early. Celebration of Discipline by Richard Foster. Uh, Disciplines of a Godly Woman by Barbara Hughes. Disciplines of a Godly Man by Kent Hughes. Uh, mm. The Spirit of the Disciplines by Dallas Willard, and then Emotionally Healthy Spirituality by Ooh. Peter Scazzaro. That so. one's a good one, too. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, those are great books. I would, I, I just, I asked you to read that just because I think that, like, if people want to dive more into, be, like, gaining a conviction for themselves on, on this stuff, it, those are some really good uh, books. Maybe we'll put that on the podcast, on the show notes. Yeah, yeah. I don't That'd know how good. to do that, but you probably do. I got you. I you got, got you. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Um. Cool, man. Um, fighter groups. Yeah, so it would be impossible to talk about the origin stories of the discipleship deck without also talking about how it was born out of this honest assessment that I felt like fighter groups were the wor- the weakest part of our philosophy ministry. Yeah, how does that how does that feel? You saying that out loud? Um, it's fine. I've <laughs> I've heard it over the last couple w- years quite yeah. a bit from people in various ways. Like, mm-hmm. we don't know what to do. Yeah. We, it, it's been my experience in my fighter groups, which I love. Mm-hmm. If you're in my fighter group, I, I really do love it. But when we, when we launched fighter groups six years ago, when we first planted Frontier Church, mm-hmm. um, we did the three R's. That yep. was the only curriculum Dang, um, in dude, fighter groups for the three That's hours. crazy. Right? So rejoice, Joyce, repent, repent remind. Rema- yeah. I remember so that. Yeah. You get together with your, your fighter group, and you would essentially walk through three questions together. Mm-hmm. Um, um, Where would you rejoice this week in the Lord? Mm-hmm. Where did God you know, cause you to repent? And uh, how do you need to remember the gospel? Yeah. Um, and here's the thing. it's Those three R's are good. They are. For a month, yeah. <laughs> is that? I mean, no. I mean, it's. Yeah. I mean, my experience is. I mean, my experience was like, for me as a fighter group leader, member and leader, I was just. I felt like every week I was trying to figure out what to do next. Right. Like I had no hand. Like I knew where we wanted to go. I knew I wanted to go deep, but I had no like roadmap to get there, and so I feel like. That's one of the, that's I I think that's why the beauty of the cars have been so good is just because like, you know I was just texting the dudes in my fighter group today. Um, I was like excited to talk about our definition of discipleship next week. Like let's yeah, like yeah. you know so I have handlebars to be able to like press in and hold people accountable. They hold us hold me accountable. Um, maybe I'm getting too far ahead, but it just I I feel like like we have this like this trellis that we can then grow 
grow into. So um, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Um, because one thing I I've noticed in fighter groups is the the principle of the pathway of least resistance. Right? This is a well documented human phenomenon um, that without somebody or something there to push us. What hmm. human nature does is it looks for the pathway of just least resistance. Yeah. So when there's not a push or when there's not curriculum or anything like that, um, dudes have a tendency to just get together mm -hmm. and just spend their hour, hour and a half of fighter group just with the least resistance. Just, yeah. How was your week? Cool. Let's yeah. just get through this morning without like taking a deep dive into our hearts and yeah. let's high five. Maybe we'll grumble a little mm -hmm. bit about life. And um, I also so there's the pathway of least resistance there. Um, and there's, there's also the fact that, um, without that outside push, yeah. um, we just have a tendency to repeat ourselves. Yeah. So I noticed that in huh. my fighter group, when it came to the repent mm -hmm. section of fighter group, every week we were all saying the same thing. Like I didn't read my Bible as much as I should have again. And I yeah. needed to repent. And I was just like, Oh, give me a break. Like, the, you know, um, and so I, there's just a need for a, a push, which is what, yeah. If you do the discipleship deck with your fighter group, you cannot walk away from your fighter group without asking and answering a really difficult heart question. Yeah. And that's beautiful. Yeah. And I think that like even on that as well, it's like what I realize is that um when it comes to discipleship and like even working those muscles, right? It's just like weightlifting, right? If if you don't work the muscle, like the muscle atrophies, it gets weaker. Um, and so what what real discipleship does is it is it um, it causes us to work those muscles. It causes us to press up against these questions that we don't want to do and as we press up against them like our spiritual muscles continue to grow and like it's hard right there's a little sweat there's some tears but like what happens when you begin to you know work those muscles work those spiritual muscles is you gain the strength to work more of them right and so like you find yourself then like starting at the questions but then like going off script but this is this is my hope this is me dreaming of like what fighter groups look like in yeah, the future yeah. is that like we start off with the question and it's like man like honestly like here's something deeper you know people are asking questions and your people in your fighter group are asking you follow-up questions to that and like y'all are laying hands on each other in the middle of the coffee shop and or in the middle of the living room or like yeah i'm, I'm super excited i'm super excited so. and that that component of sweating together i think is essential for discipleship bonds to really like take because hmm. like so this is me just being honest and don't fire me because I like my job. <laughs> <laughs> um, but from October, November, December, January to February, I always kind of have a little bit of an existential crisis in terms of my love for my vocation and job as, mm -hmm. as a pastor. And um, what brings that crisis for me on a, on a yearly basis is uh, the wrestling world. Yeah. You know, so I'm coaching wrestling and um, it just every year I kind of feel like, man, sometimes I just feel closer with my wrestlers and, and my coaches than like a lot of my, uh, a lot of my church relationships. Yeah. Right. And that's, that's due to the, like, that's due to the fact that like, 
man, when you're on a wrestling team, like you're sweating together. Mm -hmm. You're every practice is, I don't know if I'm going to make this. We do hard things together, right? We sweat in the same room. We push each other. We challenge each other. We, there's disappointment and heartbreak when kids go out there and lose matches that they dreamed about winning. And Mm -hmm. there's also like team camaraderie. And so like the level of camaraderie, I guess. Yeah, yeah, the level of camaraderie that I experience like as a wrestling coach always presses me to be like, what what's lacking maybe in um in 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 our in our church? Um and I I I think that a lot of times churches just don't do hard things together and sweat together. Yeah, they don't look each other in the eyes as they're doing push ups. Yeah, that's know, right. They yeah. don't you know, like looking at it, it's it's like CrossFit, you know, it's like when you're in a class with somebody and y'all are like looking at you like man we're both about to puke right now right this workout sucks <laughs> yeah <laughs> and you, you like look at each other you're like we made it <laughs> yeah it does something to you so so yeah. if you can picture like an x and y axis yeah axis um like it's just it's dependably true that the the more difficult the task the higher the bond is yeah which is dude this is why like i think this is why this is so good. This is why, as Christians, we need to be okay with looking at somebody in the eye and saying, I'm not doing okay. And yeah, here's why. Yeah. And, like, this is why, like, when someone looks at you in the eyes and says that, like, to like to view that, like, like this is the, you know, this is the place where, like, our relationship goes deeper. And so it's just good, man, like. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Do you think? Sorry, I just and like yeah. Well, no, that's yeah, that's exactly right. And um, one one area that we do this well as a church is, in my opinion, the pastoral team. Hmm. Okay, keep going. And uh, one thing that our pastoral team does on a weekly basis is we read off five or six reminders, mm-hmm. right? And those reminders come before a conversation. It says, you know, no relationship is on the line today, and so mm-hmm. we can say honest things, right? Um, because we love Jesus, we we actually value healthy conflict, yeah. and that really sets the tone. Um, and so that kind of inspired me to write those for our fighter groups. Yeah. And so if you've got a discipleship deck, not only is it a deck of um, cards for every week out of the year besides the last couple, but it comes with uh, a prayer for discipleship relationships. You can pray that every every week when you meet with your fighter group. I, I think it's helpful. And it also comes with fighter group reminders that you can read off weekly. Mm-hmm. So, like, I just think it'd probably be helpful for your fighter group if all of our fighter groups on a weekly basis sat down and then just read these five reminders, right? Number one, our identities are secure in Jesus Christ. We are free to confess our sin without fear or shame. Number two, we will not weaponize our confessions of sin against one another. We are committed to keeping these things private. Number three, no relationship is on the line today. We will not withdraw or cancel our friendships because of tough conversations. Mm. Number four, building relationships is a part of discipleship and is no waste of time. Our church needs healthy friendships. And number five, we all know and believe the gospel, but we need to be reminded of what we already know and believe. Please tell me the gospel. That's good. I just think that's like, it's just healthy to you. Yeah. Have that that tone setter, yeah. Yeah, have the tone set yeah. every week, and you get together. So that's good, man. Um, yeah, I'm excited to see how our church grows, um, particularly in our in our ability to be, yeah, disciples of Jesus, right? To walk with Jesus every day, 
uh, but also how, how it affects how we relate to one another. Mm-hmm. I'm really yeah. excited for that. Like I'm, I'm excited to to see friendships deepen um, in our church. So, and we've been talking about that for a while, man. And so we really do want 2023 to be the year of deep discipleship yeah. at, at Frontier. And um, it might be, you know, like the feedback I've already gotten from the last week of people using um, the discipleship deck has been awesome. Hmm. Like just the encouraging text messages I've received. I've seen a couple posts on social media of like people just feeling like their fighter groups have gone deep and like it's that. just got me it's got me really inspired. So it it, re, it really might be the year of deep discipleship for Frontier. Yeah. It might not be. Might not be. Like you can still be lazy and like lie. <laughs> you still got to do the thing, right? <laughs> yeah. You yeah. still got to answer the question. And I said this so. in, the, in the the email I sent to our church last week, but cards don't make disciples. Yeah, they the don't. The spirit does. That's good. You know, you can be dishonest. Yeah. You can avoid the questions. You can yeah. not do the cards. Um, yeah. But I, I, I think it's good. I think it's gonna happen this year. That's good, man. So, that's good. What else we got? Well, one of the, one of the how how long are we into the podcast right now? We're about to come up on thirty minutes. Okay, sweet. So let's, yeah. yeah, let's do one more then. Um, because I'm interested to hear a little bit more um, about what you have to say about this. Okay. Um, so each each card in the discipleship deck has three components. Number one, a scripture to read aloud. Mm-hmm. Number two, a heart question that drives the scripture into your heart. And then number three, a challenge that roots your week to one of the five spiritual practices. Scripture, solitude, Sabbath, self-denial, um, and the seasons. Mm-hmm. And so I want to talk just a little bit more about the spiritual practices that we yeah. practice at Frontier and kind of as a launching pad for that conversation. I, I'd just be curious to hear from you because I know that we've talked a lot about how this has kind of revolutionized our walk with Jesus. Yeah. How'd you, how, what's your story of falling in love with the spiritual practices or disciplines? Oh, that's good. Um, what's my story of falling in love with it? I, well, I, yeah, I, I yeah. think that honestly, man, I'm still like, I feel like I'm still being courted. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. honestly, um, I, I think it really did start um, in 2020, no, 2019. Um, I got a hold of a little book. Um, was it a book or a podcast? It was a book or a podcast uh, by uh, Jeff Bethke um, about family teams and about essentially yeah, what it yeah. was was um orienting your family to operate as a team rather than like individuals and um in that they talked a lot about um just spiritual like spiritual disciplines and um and about like how as a family you walk with Jesus and that just piqued my interest I was like oh walking with Jesus like like obviously, I know how to study my Bible. Um, I shouldn't say obviously. I know how to study my Bible. Um, yeah, yeah. Because um, you know, having to exegete it if I preach, or having to lead a community group and lead people through the Bible. Um, but I hadn't really um, thought about this notion of walking with Jesus. And so, in 2020, um, I picked up John Mark Comer's book, "Ruthless Elimination of Hurry," just because I was starting the business and I was finding myself like being pulled in every direction being pulled, um, you know, with church stuff, being pulled with the business, being pulled with my family. And I felt my heart, like, 
just they're, sputtering they're, out of control. Did it fracture? Like I, just I, I felt like I was being pieces. you know you know like those torture devices where like they tie a man to four different horses and they pull them different ways. That's how I felt. Yeah, drawing and cold. Yeah. yeah, I felt like felt like that. And so this book, um, along with the scriptures used in it, just helped me like stop and just re- realize that like I'm not just a Christian kind of floating in life. <laughs> like Jesus has he like when you read about Jesus in the in the scriptures, he called people to follow him. Right. Not just like know what he said but to actually like follow him right like walk how he walked talk like he talked believe what he believed um don't believe what he believed like it's this like i'm adopting his lifestyle right and for me it was just revolutionary because i had never thought about christianity as a lifestyle i i think i had honestly it's kind of embarrassing now that i said (laughs) said out loud but you know, being a pastor, I, I kind of operated as if like Christianity was all about a set of things that I do and I don't do, and it's not a lifestyle. Yeah, yeah, no, and, I, I identify with that, and um, I just began to like ask that question. So I just began to read the Gospels, man, and be like, man, how is Jesus interacting with people? How does Jesus deal with being interrupted? Right, I got three little kids. It's like, oh, like, and Jesus is interrupting interruptions. This is where like he actually like provides the most blessing and so being able to like be okay with being interrupted being okay um to be um slower in in the things that i pursue and so anyway i i guess i just i don't know man i fell in love with the way that jesus lived his life and so it's been this i mean since then it's been this like constant um pursuit of trying to align the way that i live walk um, have my being um, in this in the same regards uh, as as Jesus did when he was here on earth and so um, I don't know if that answers your question but yeah I, I guess I fell in love with it because it seemed like the 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 path toward the most joy it's the, mm-hmm. it's probably the harder way to live honestly yeah um, yep. but it's I found that it's been the 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 path toward uh, the the most and deepest uh, joy and peace. So, um, spending time with Jesus, denying myself certain things for certain seasons so that I can grow my need for him, um, orienting my life around the seasons like Jesus did, um, stopping and recognizing that God is my provider. <laughs> That I, I I can't work for my breath. I can't work for this stuff. And so, um, you know, Sabbathing and, and reveling in God's creation and um, solitude. Yeah, spending time alone, alone with Jesus. Um, not listening to music, but just like in quiet. Like it's just been, it's mm. been revolutionary. Yeah. Um, I think in a lot of ways it's frustrated a lot of people <laughs> in my life because, um, like I don't answer text messages after eight PM or sure. uh, Fridays yeah. I turn my phone off or yep. but I just f- I feel like I'm more present and in the moment and I feel like I'm closer to Jesus. So um that was a yeah that was a ramble. Um but yeah, that's 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 why I'm falling in love with it. I just feel like I'm yeah, I don't know, I just I feel closer to Jesus. 
Yeah, I, you know, I really I, I identify with your story, man. I think mine's really similar. Hmm. Um, I think as I survey maybe the first five, six, seven, eight years of following Jesus for me, um, and I never would have articulated it this way out loud, but I really believe that I measured my Christ-likeness by how much truth I could memorize. Wow. And then rehash. Mm. Right. So like that was like my single metric for like being a good Christian was you say Christian things. Um, and, you know, I became a Christian in college. And so freshman year, I started following Jesus. And like I that's just one of the things that I noticed is yeah. like, OK, so the good Christians are the ones who have a lot of truth memorized and can articulate truth concisely. So that's that's what I'll, I'll do. Um, but, you know, Paul really challenges that notion. Um because nobody values truth more than Paul, besides like God Himself. You know, yeah. Paul's a truth guy, um, and yet what we see in his um, epistles to Timothy is he says things like "train yourself for godliness," hmm. mm-hmm. right? And so it's not just a matter of like information acquisition. Yeah, like it's a matter of getting truth into our muscle memory. Hmm. so that through those rhythms we start to live in the way that Jesus lived, you know, as a disciple, like you were saying. Yeah, and I think that, like, that... We're coming up on 40 minutes, but I I think that, like, that's so true, man, that, like, following Jesus isn't about, like, being able to, like, spew out theology or scripture. And, like, scripture memory is dope. Like, it's good. I'm not saying that we shouldn't do that. But whenever we look at the way that Jesus lived, right, he always he didn't he didn't say hey repeat this sermon on the mount and i'll make you fishers of men he said follow me right follow me and i'll right. make you fishers of men and you know the rich young ruler right i was just reading this this morning rich young ruler is like i've done all the stuff i've done this i've done that i've done that and jesus says you know sell your possessions and he can't do it because what he's done is he's isolated his ability to follow Jesus with what he can do until like he can't do mm. something, then he can't follow Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that like when we when we leave our when the metric for following Jesus is what we can and what we can't do, you get what I'm saying. When we when we when we follow when we leave our metric for following Jesus with what we can and what we can't do, it leaves us like depleted and feeling like there's no hope but like the point about following jesus is like you can't do anything like you know it's been done Mm -hmm. for you and so like you come to the father with nothing in your hands and you allow him to deposit this stuff into your life so um yeah 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 that's good because like the spiritual disciplines are like they're not a separate category from the gospel Mm mm-mm Right, they need to be built on top of the gospel. Yeah, and to me, that's when the spiritual practices become magic. Right, mm-hmm. if you isolate the spiritual practices from the gospel, they just become depleting. You yeah. know, like, well, I didn't, you know, I didn't, I didn't Sabbath this week. Oh, God must not love me, or I didn't fast this week. God yeah. must not love me. Like that's death. Mm. But when it's built on the foundation of the gospel, which is the good news that. On the cross, Jesus Jesus Christ has taken away all of our sins and provided us with his very own righteousness on the basis of faith and grace alone. Um, then all the spiritual disciplines become like 
honestly like a game. Yeah. You know, I don't mean that in like an, I don't mean game as in something inconsequential, but something to, to strive towards with the knowledge that if you fail at it, it's not going to kill you. Yeah. You know, and all of a sudden it's like, yeah, yeah, I want to challenge myself to be more like Jesus. Mm -hmm. I am struggling right now with putting my kids to bed without getting angry. What would it look like to do that more like Jesus? Yeah. You know, like for me, like that's, man, that's the true test of theology. Dude. The interruption thing for me, man, is like, <laughs> I'm in the middle of talking to someone, my kids come up and they interrupt me, you know, and then I bump into Jesus trying to go heal this dude's daughter and this woman's crawling on her knees and touches him. And like that interruption is like used to teach people about like faith. Mm -hmm. It's just like, oh man. Yeah. So. Yeah. Good man. Well, dude, we've talked long enough. Yeah, amen. So we love you guys. Get to those discipleship decks this yeah. week if you guys are in fighter groups and text Carlos and I any feedback you guys have because it Do would it. be sweet to hear a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Love you guys. Bye.